RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Lloyd, joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. We are uh, in between fight weeks, man. It's a uh, quick turnaround from Valor 65, no, 64, as we're getting ready to go into Valor 65, which is next weekend in Nashville at the new Nashville Fairgrounds Arena. And I'm really pumped to uh, get in there. We'll be the first MMA event uh to happen there so uh it, it's a really super nice venue it's uh completely redone and it's going to be uh, a great show uh justin my man we've got uh we've got some guests tonight of course we're going to talk to for that show coming up next week and then uh before we get to that of course you and i have some uh some upkeep to do we we're going to recap uh last weekend's action uh in you know uh, the ufc card mainly we'll do a quick little touchdown on bellator and then um this week we've got UFC Tampa, so we're just down there in the uh, in the land of uh, the Radio Influence's mothership. I've been seeing uh, uh, Radio Influence uh, his uh, Radio Influence's own uh, Jason Floyd down there hobnobbing with the celebrities and whatnot down in Tampa. Justin, you, you seeing all this? Yeah, man, I'm kind of wondering why I didn't get uh, a ticket from Jason. That's, yeah, right. It's kind of <laughs> disappointing. So of course UFC Tampa goes down this weekend. We'll uh, we'll touch down on that show a little bit as well. Let's uh, get things kicked off with a look at last week. Um, it was uh, a few shows. Uh, we had the Invicta. We're not going to go all the way through this Invicta card, but just quick shout out um, both of the uh, Valor vets that were on that Invicta FC 37 card got wins. Linda Mahalik uh, got a very don- dominant unanimous decision win. And Hope Chase uh, got a submission win in the second round. I think she, I think both girls really kind of, uh, you know, garnered some attention, turned some heads. Uh, you know, Hope Chase definitely came down here and scored just a vicious knockout at, at Smoky Stadium. She's an intense girl, you know. So uh, she's, you know, congrats to both these ladies and, and especially to Hope for getting that finish and uh, hopefully uh, getting some more opportunities down the road. Uh, did you get to catch any of that at all, Justin? I got to see the the highlights from the Hope Chase fight, and man, that was it was pretty dominant. You know, she locked up that body triangle from the back, and I mean, it wasn't three seconds once she once she locked in the rear naked. That girl was tapping pretty quick, um, you know. And then she did she did a fancy little little kick move, and uh, yeah, did her scream. She looked good, man. She's she's a star. Yeah, she's definitely uh, she's definitely one to keep an eye on. She's got a very fan friendly style that uh, you know you're not going to get boring fights out of her. That's for sure. Uh, we had Bellator 229 that was in Temecula, California, uh, another home show of sorts for Bellator. Uh, not a whole lot to go over there. Um, honestly, there's a lot of wrestlers on there. You know that got their wins. We saw. Um, let's see here, just kind of quickly uh, going going through it. Um, it looks like that Adele Altamimi they were looking to build. He took a loss finally. There's his first Bellator loss. Uh, we saw Tony Johnson uh, get the knockout over Joe Schilling. 
maybe a little bit of an upset to the layman fan, but, but Tony Johnson was like eight and two. So he was obviously pretty good. Uh, Carrie Taylor Melendez with a very dominant unanimous decision over Mandy Polk. Uh, Goiti Yamauchi with a first round submission over Saad Awad. And in the main event, it was Lorenz Larkin taking a split decision win over Andre Korshkov. Anything on this one, Justin? Uh, I was surprised that, that Korshkov got beat. Um, yeah. And I was surprised with, with the Joe Schilling one, too. You know, I think he was winning that fight and, um, you know, just got clipped, man. And, and But he was he was dead. Big win there for uh, for uh, uh, Tony Johnson. Yeah, you know, he's 9-2 and two now and kind of gets a little feather in his cap there, knocking off Joe Schilling. And then the big show for last week was the pay-per-view. It was UFC 243 coming from the land down under. Big show in Australia. From what I saw, I guess they set a damn record. It was uh, like the most ever at a UFC event. Um, don't recall the number right off the top of my head. Oh, it's right in front of me here. 57,000 in attendance. Yeah, 57,000. That's incredible. That's like a college football stadium, huh? Yeah. I mean, well, Tennessee Stadium's 110,000, I think, but it's like one of the biggest stadiums right. in the country. So, like, your average, your average, uh, you know, Division One football stadium is probably – is probably around that they did five point almost five five and a half million in, in total gate wow that's uh pretty impressive honestly and uh you know uh on a card that you know i wasn't super high on and i thought it was very much a one or two fight card uh you know as far as it is you know how, how it ranked as far as like a pay-per-view went but overall uh, you know, they had to have been super. I mean, shit, man. If you're drawing, like, it, uh, from the what I saw, like they always do this in Australia. Like, yeah. like, like every the last time was, that they, like every time that they run Australia, they crush it. Like, they, yeah, the like, last Australia, one was Holly Holm and right. Holm and Ronda. You know, and they had the record before this one, and it was in Australia too. Yeah, uh, really I'm, I'm interested to see what the pay per view numbers come out to be. Yeah, because I don't know that they're going to be huge. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, but it's you know. I mean, it's it's just crazy that you know, I I'd be going to Australia four or five times a year if I was yeah, in the UFC. Absolutely, I don't see why they're not living there. Yeah, you know, I mean they're they're crushing it, man. The live gate was a uh, five and a half million dollars uh, in ticket revenue. That's uh, and that you know one of these days I need to kind of do a little reverse math there and be like, you know, was there like standing room only tickets that were like pretty cheap, like for like twenty bucks? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Did did you see? Um, like, you know, as they were kind of panning around the venue during the event, um, the main the main floor, I guess, you know, where the where the, the cage was at, um, you know, there was a bunch of seats there, but there was a shitload of empty room. I mean, they, they oh, could yeah. have packed more in there, too. Um, you know, I don't know if they if they technically sold out or uh, um, or if they could have brought more chairs in, you know, they just didn't sell the tickets for it or what. But. Um, it was an awesome venue, man. It was, uh, you know, the brand new, j- just, uh, just crowned the Marvel stadium. Um, it was, it was beautiful, man. I, you know, be, would be crazy to, to perform in front of that many people. The walkout, man, that was a hall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was crazy, man. I mean, never that, seen, never seen anything like it before. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that was like, that was a hike. You know, can you imagine like the time you walked all the way through that stick? And another thing, it's like, you know, the seats. In a place like that, I mean, to be elevated is I'd much rather be in the top balcony looking down than like in the back of the floor. Oh, yeah. But, for sure. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Only 11 fights on the card. 
So we'll run through it real quick. Preliminaries, Khalid Taha with a uh, third round arm triangle submission over Bruno Silva. Uh, G. Yeon Kim with a uh, TKO, uh, I guess you would call it, with like one second to go in the second round over Nadia Kasim. I was pretty high on Kim there. And the money started coming in on Kasim. I noticed that line started tightening up towards the end. I was like, man, I'm second guessing myself here. But like, no, like Nadia Kasim just isn't very good. Um, Megan Anderson gets a triangle choke submission win over Zara Fairn. Uh, of course, she's, you know, the top Australian female fighter. Uh, Brad Riddell and Jamie Malarkey was insanity. Uh, I mean, man, Brad Riddell just beat the shit out of Jamie Malarkey. And Malarkey just took it, it took every bit of it and kept coming. I mean, man, it, he was a mess. And he thought his cauliflower ear was going to just completely fall off his head. Just took such a beating and still was like game the whole time. Like uh, I had Malarkey, actually. And like, like it, you know, it was obvious that he was going to lose a decision, but like he was there, like he made me a fan. And Riddell is awful tough as well. Uh, big upset there. Another one I jacked up here. Uh, Callan Potter uh, with a unanimous decision win over Maki Patolo, who just, man, um, just I, I guess he just kind of blew his load early in that first round. He was teeing off on him. Callan kind of took it and then started working his wrestling and was able to get him down. And Patolo had no answer for it at that point. And then rounding out the prelims, Jake Matthews gets a, uh, a unanimous decision win over Rostam Akmon in a fight that I kind of zoned out on. Thoughts on the prelims? Uh, good, good win for me, Megan Anderson. You know, coming off a loss, getting that first round um, submission, and like you said, that Brad Riddle and Jamie Malarkey fight was was insane. By the end of it, they were both like on their knees throwing punches. I mean, you know, yeah. like a standing fight, only they were on their knees. Um, both of them were just exhausted and, and beat to hell. And, you know, Malarkey showed next level toughness, um, you know, to, to stay in there. Uh, I, I'm with you on the, the uh, Maki Patolo fight, you know. Uh, I see a lot of promise in that kid. And you know, I still think he's probably got a bright future. But, um, you know, probably just needs to uh, learn how to how to pace himself a little bit. I mean, it, it would be it'd be something else, you know, going from Hawaii to Australia uh, you know, in, and a week later you're fighting, you know, your, your biological clock is all jacked up. Uh, I don't even know what the time difference in that would be, but I mean, it would damn near be 24 hours probably. Um, so, you know, that, I don't know if it's 24 hours, I guess it might not be that tough, but, uh, you know, if it's like 12 hours, I guess is when, when you're, when you're at the worst, um, big win for Jake Matthews, you know, he's been around forever, been a, a staple of, uh, from Australia and, um, you know, he was him and him and Megan Anderson were the only, uh, Australians that, that I know of that I can think of offhand that even got wins that night. So, um, you know, good on both of them. Main card. This one was a little weak, man. Uh, you know, there were certainly some interesting fights the way they just, you know, played out. But, uh, as far as star power goes, it was a little bit weaker, uh, we had the heavyweight fight to open it up, 5-0 and versus 3-0. and It was Jorgen DeCastro off the contender series with a uh, knockout over Justin Tapa, who was 3-0 and coming in, but, you know, he was a local. He was there for, you know, to, to garner local interest. And, um, man, uh, man, he not get knocked out. He got knocked the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty brutal. But at the same time, I'm still not sold on Jorgen DeCastro. I, I'm not saying it was lucky, but, like, 
I don't know, man. He wasn't looking all that good. I didn't think up until that point. Like it's a guy that I could see lines starting to to get driven up on him because of these knockouts, but I'm still not 100% sold on this guy. Uh, Diego Lima with a split decision win over Luke Jumo. I I didn't like that fight very much. I thought that was kind of boring. Uh, Sergey Spivak with a huge uh, upset win that was the difference maker for me and my DK this week. Uh, the lowest price guy on the board gets an arm triangle submission over Tai Tuivasa. Who just it, just I mean he's just so one dimensional. You know he just doesn't have he's not well rounded enough. Um, you know, to to do what he to, to be able to survive with like top guys and Sergey Spivak. I don't. I'm not saying he's a top guy at all. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, undercard of the pay per view? Yeah. So Jorgen DeCastro. I mean, he was. I th- I feel like he was definitely getting beat, getting pressed up against the cage, and um, you know, <laughs> because of his opponent. But he was, you know, very Mark Hunt esque. Uh, you know, just kind of winging punches, and and when I'm landed, and when you're that big. Um, you know, your opponent's running at you and, and you land a big shot, it's going to be hard for him to stay awake. And that was a huge knockout, a huge moment for him. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he can handle, you know, anybody in the top 15, uh, but it's like probably a life changer for him. I, I don't know who got knocked out of the night, but um, that would have been, that would have been a good one to get it. I think it was, uh, it was okay. That's, that's, that's what I was hoping. Um, Diego Lima, you know, we talked about last week, you know, when you when you're fighting relatively at home, you know, a lot of times the UFC will, will bring somebody in that that matches up well with you. Uh, and man, Diego Lima is just just I mean, he you know, he's a crafty, crafty veteran. And, um, you know, I, I think he won all three rounds. Crazy. One judge scored it uh, two rounds to one for Luke Jumo. I, I don't know where that came in, but. Uh, you could see the dis- the disgust in, in Lima's face when they read off the split decision. Um, and then, you know, we talked about it last week as well. Tai Tuivasa is just so one-dimensional, and that one dimension is just not that good. It's not it's not enough. Um, you know, you've got, you got guys like uh, Francis Ngannou who, you know, have that same one dimension, but it, it's enough to keep them, you know, relevant in the, in the right. top of the game. But um, – Ty, Ty's stand-up is not that great. You know, it's just, you know, he's a big guy, so he throws punches. He's not scared to come in and, and throw at you, and if he lands, you know, he might knock you out, but uh, if you get on top of him, there's not much you can do, and Sergey was hit in just some nasty hip tosses, man. You don't see heavyweights getting thrown around like that very often, but, um, you know, he, he was getting the head and arm and, and just tossing Ty Tuivasa, and there was a big weight difference, too, you know, um, so – just the heart and uh, the the grit of, of Spivak, you know, it could take him somewhere. You know, he he could end up, uh, you know, in the top fifteen for sure. Co-main of it, it was uh, Dan Hangman Hooker taking on Al Quinta. Uh, I really liked Hooker in this match, and uh, he looked great. I mean, he it was pretty damn dominant. Unanimous decision win over a very tough Al Quinta who just couldn't. Uh, couldn't negate the reach, you know, and uh, collapse the pocket the way he needed to do to just, you know, get into that brawl. And Hooker just, you know, great technician, great technical fight, looked really good. Uh, dropped went to several times. Those are good for 10 points on DK, so that's nice. Uh, main event, of course, uh, a great, uh, a greatly anticipated middleweight title unification bout, I guess we'll say. It was the interim champion, though, Israel Adesanya 
staying undefeated, moving to 18 and 0 with a second round knockout. Robert Whitaker, the Reaper, falls to 20 and 5 and loses his, uh, you know, middleweight uh, title, the proper title, if you will. Now uh, the undisputed champion can be said, Israel Adesanya. Uh, I liked Adesanya in this fight, especially as a pick'em, but uh, and that's who I rode with was Adesanya. But it was. Uh, you know, the whole time I was kind of, you know, second guessing myself leading up to it, just, you know, because Whitaker's bad motherfucker, you know, but man, Adesanya is a real deal. First round was kind of a, you know, feeling out process, kind of getting a feel for his range and what he was going to do. And then like when he really started letting it go in the second round, he just took off. Uh, so huge win for him. Your thoughts on the uh, top of the card? You know, I'm a, I'm a big Iaquinta fan. I'm not sure why he took this fight. It, it That kind of bothered me in the beginning. You know, Dan Hooker called him out and um, you know, to go, you know, across the world um, and fight a hometown guy like Dan Hooker, who's, um, you know, just a monster. You know, Dan Hooker's got got the size and the range uh, to keep Al at distance and, and just tear him apart. Um, at one point, that was a, Al had had an opportunity to, to grab a heel hook and uh, the leg entanglement was all off and hand positioning was bad and, you know, wasn't even close. But, um, you know, I don't know. Man, that, that wasn't a wasn't a smart smart fight for Al to take, I don't think. Uh, but big ups to Dan Hooker. You know, after he got off, got done with the fight, uh, got on the mic and said he was going to knock Dustin Dustin Poirier's teeth down his throat. You know, and that's that's what you want to hear from a guy who who's coming off of a win. You don't want to hear, oh, you know, whatever whatever the UFC wants. I, right, right. I'm here for the company. You know, you want to see somebody who who has thought about it and and is taking taking aim and. You know, calling out a guy who just lost the title fight, you know, that, that catapults you into the top five. I think Dan Hooker's number eight now. Um, and, you know, he's, somebody's going to have to fight him. Gaethje or, or Poirier won. You know, they're both, they both want to fight Connor, but uh, only one of them can do that if, if they do. So uh, the other one I think's <laughs> going to be in, in some trouble with, with Dan Hooker, man. He's, uh, he's a dangerous, dangerous guy. Um, I was, uh, I was on. On the other side, completely on on the Asanya and Whitaker fight, I thought that um, I thought Whitaker was going to be too tough, too fast, um, you know, and, and too technical. But I think that I think the game plan was was to pressure Asanya and, and not give him space and and let him kind of do his thing, um, you know, which might have been a good game plan. They were both just winging punches, though. You know, neither one of them were throwing. You know, there wasn't much technical striking going on in there. And um, if you if you see the knockout, you know, Adesanya is just kind of throwing a, a, a lazy hook and um, Whitaker just, just coming right into it. So uh, it was a nasty, nasty knockout. Um, you know, definitely top three walkouts in UFC history for, for Adesanya. And uh, post-fight celebration was on point. You know, he's got everything that, that it takes to be a star. Um, you know, but these guys will probably fight two or three more times and, uh, who knows what'll happen in those, you know, do you think that's what we immediately get as a rematch? Um, it's gonna be tough, man. Paulo, Paulo's made, you know, made his case, uh, for the, for, to be number one contender. And I think Whitaker, I think Whitaker needs to go back and, and, and sit back and, and, you know, reevaluate things. Um, I don't, He's he's not he's not been a dominant enough champion to warrant uh you know to absolutely warrant an immediate rematch you know um he's he's not a, a Max Holloway or 
or anything like that. So, um, you know, I don't think that I don't think it's necessarily a, a must, but at the same time, it's it's definitely not not far fetched to say that 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 would happen again. Um, Paulo Costa, the California State Athletic Commission told him he had to move up. You know, um, he was putting on way too much weight after weigh-ins, and and so they're gonna have to fight somewhere other than California if uh, if they fight. But um, fuck, go to Australia. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know it'll sell there, right? Exactly. <clears throat> you know, like like we said, this was. I mean, you know, looking at it, it's it's a shit card. Um, the main event, co-main event, are are fun fights, but other than that, it's it's not a great card, and you know, just blew the blew every everybody out of the water. Um, as far as any other venues in the states go, for sure. Um, so I don't know, man. I, like again, I would I would go there three or four times a year if I was if I was the UFC. And and they've still got some other guys, you know. Is it like Volkanovski from like? Is he from there? Volkanovski is. Um, he's from New Zealand. He 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 fights out of that uh, uh, city uh, city kickboxing with Adesanya and uh, Dan Hooker. Yeah, so you know, there's still some other you know bigger name guys, kind of, you know, that they, that they could, they could showcase over there. I'm, did they only do it one, one time a year? What's that? Did they only go to Australia one time a year? I don't even think that it, that it's once a year. I think, I don't know when the last time they went was, I'd have to look at it, but I, I think it's, you know, kind of like coming to Tennessee, you might, you know, every two or three years. Sure. Uh, but I think that'll, that'll have to change. I, th- I mean, I, I think that the last time, well, the last big event was, was the Ronda Rousey and Holly Holmes fight. And that was, four or five years ago or something yeah. um so if they if they've been there since it's it's been like a fight night or something um but but they should be doing a, a pay-per-view once a year there for sure uh, i don't know what would happen if they went to new zealand i don't know if there's if there's big stadiums there but fuck man now you got adesanya dan hooker uh and volkanovsky <laughs> you know you, you could you know it especially if volkanovsky pulls it off against holloway you could have two title fights and a number one contender fight all with, you know, city MMA and city kickboxing guys, uh, from right there in, in, uh, New Zealand. Yeah, certainly, uh, going to keep an eye on, uh, the UFC's moves there. It'll be, uh, I'd be interested to see if they wait two years to do it again, or if they, you know, pull the trigger since they know they can make good money there. That's going to wrap up our coverage of last week's, uh, action. Let's move on into some, uh, preview of what's going on this week. Uh, Bellator's in action. They're across the pond, though. We're not going to touch on that, really. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, European fighters that we really just probably wouldn't be able to give you a whole lot of uh, insight on. But the main uh, the main event this weekend is UFC on ESPN Plus number 19, and it's going down in Tampa. As we mentioned earlier, our our friend Jason Floyd with Radio Influence is down there uh, covering all the action. So I'm sure he'll have some. Some real good stuff here uh, next week, so make sure you check him out and all of his interviews he's got uh, coming up before the fight as well. Of course, we have got a big card, man. It's 14 fights. Uh, we'll start with the prelims here real quick. Everything's on ESPN+. Plus. We've got a 125-pound fight, J.J. Aldrich versus Lauren uh, Lauren Mueller. She J.J. Uh, Aldrich was in a main event, it seems like, last time we saw her, and now she's in the first fight. Uh, Marvin Vittori, uh, middleweight bout against Andrew Sanchez. Hector Aldana in welterweight action takes on Miguel Baeza, who's undefeated, 7-0. Marlon Chito Vera takes on Andre Ewell at Bantamweight. That's a pretty good fight. 
Davison Figueredo takes on Tim Elliott I have flyweight. Uh, Max Griffin takes on Alex Morono. Devin Clark versus Ryan Spann at light heavyweight. And then rounding out the prelims it is welterweight action. James Vick versus Nico Price. And that should be an interesting one. Uh, what on these prelims jump out at you, Justin? Um, good to see you all again. You know, we, uh, we've seen him, him come in a couple of times and uh, came in, uh, you know, I think he came in and beat Henan Burrell on, on short notice. Um, you know, so that'll, that'll be a fun one for sure. I'm, I'm mostly looking forward to uh, the Nico Price and, and James Vick fight. Uh you know, on this undercard for sure. I, I think that James Vick is, is much more well, well-rounded, um, you know, but Nico Price is, is dangerous all the time. Um, you know, but then you've also got Tim Elliott and Davison Figueroa. Uh, Figueroa's, you know, 16-1. and one. Um, Tim Elliott's, you know, he, he probably fought the closest fight to Demetrius Johnson uh, outside of Demetrius's one loss in the UFC. Um, you know, he's just got a, a real weird style. Um, you know, kind of hard to emulate, you know, so to bring in training partners in um, to get ready for him is, is tough. Um, you know, so that, I think that'll be a, a real good fight. Um, let's see. Look forward to seeing Marvin Torrey get back in there uh, as well. You know, he's uh, 13 and four fighting a guy 11 and four. So real, real similar records there. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a pretty closely matched fight. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what he's really made of there. I think uh, I think James Vick is kind of in a must. He's kind of entered that must-win territory all of a sudden for a guy that was like on such a hot streak. You know, now it's like he's got to knock off Nico Price, and that's still tough action. Yeah, he's definitely getting close. Um, you know, I, I think he's lost his last two fights, maybe. Um, you know, I, I think you'll see, even if he loses, I think he'll still have, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he'll still have a job um, if he if he loses, but. His chances of, of being a, a contender, um, you know, if he loses this fight, are, are probably done. Um, but like I said, I, you know, I, th- I think as long as he keeps his hands up and, and his chin down, uh, he should be he should be safe. I, th- I think that he's he's much more technical, uh, especially you know in, in the striking department than Nico. Uh, you just got to watch out for those big shots. The main card is. Uh pretty interesting you know we've got a lot of uh a valor vet flavor uh leading off the main card eric andrews takes on gerald mearshart gm3 man these are two guys i'm a big fan of uh guys that have you know headlined valor events uh, a couple years ago and two class acts and two very very different fighters i'm excited for that one um uh, violent bob ross luis pina who uh held the title that will be going up for grabs next week between Robbins and Alexander is going to be taking on Matt Frivola uh, in a battle of uh, seven and one guys. That's another good fight. Mackenzie Dern returns after having a baby, and she's going to fight it, um, at one fifteen allegedly against uh, Amanda Hebus, who surprised us in her debut. I remember. I can't remember exactly who she fought, but I remember she like won with an armbar, and I was pretty impressed with her. But Dern is also like such a really good grappler, but she always comes in overweight too. So that'll be interesting to see if she makes 115. Then Thomas Gifford uh, takes on Mike Davis at lightweight. That's a banger right there. Uh, Cub Swanson versus Cron Gracie is your co-main event. That is uh, Cron Gracie's, you know, putting his O on the line, five and O, taking on a, a big step up for him and Cub Swanson and uh, featherweight. Then of course the main event will be uh, Joanna Yendrachik taking on Michelle Waterson as strawweight. Pretty solid main card. I'm, uh, I'll am i tune in. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love, you know, especially these first two fights, Eric Anders and, and Gerald Marichart and Luis Pena and, and Matt Frivola. Uh, you know, a- Anders is a, a slight underdog. I mean, a slight favorite, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm not sure that I agree with that. I think you, that your money might be on Marichart in this one. Um, you know, Marichart, he's been around for a long-ass time. You know, the guy's got 40 fights, um, you know, to Anders 16. So, you know, uh, Andrew's been fighting for, for professionally for four years, and Mearshart's been fighting professionally for 12 years. So, um, you know, I, I think that especially if they get to the ground, it's going to be uh, be a big a big uh, big advantage for Mearshart. Um, I, I think that he's smart enough to know that, and and that's probably where he'll take it. Um, so, but I think your your smart money uh, maybe lies on on Mearshart there. Um, Travola and Pena is going to be the hell of a fight, man. You know, Frivola's uh, tough as hell. Um, you know, I, I think he's coming off of a win over Jalen Turner. Um, you know, Luis Pena is coming off of a win over Matt Weinman. Um, you know, these these guys are gonna are gonna go in there and, and put it all on the line. Um, you know, I, I think Luis Pena is probably gonna be able to control. It. You know, both these guys are seven and one. Um, so uh, Pena Pena is the favorite in this fight. Um, you know, the reach may may play a big factor in opinions, you know, a good five inches, six inches taller and, and you've got a seven inch reach advantage in the fight. So um, I expect fireworks in that one. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Dern, I ha- I'm with you on, on her making 115. That's going to be uh that's going to be a stretch, man. She's um she's a thick 125. So uh, so 115 is going to be going to be a shot. Um, did they? I didn't didn't hear if you said it or not. Did they replace Brock Weaver? They they must have. Uh, I see Mike Davis is listed here. Mike Davis, okay. Um, He's in Florida. He lives in Florida, I know, so it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't uh, I hadn't gotten caught up on that one yet, so um, no real no real suggestions there. Uh, He's a hitter. Oh, Mike Davis is a hitter. Yeah. Uh, Cron Gracie and uh, and and. Cub Swanson, that, that's a that's a wild one, you know. Cub's been around forever, you know, back in the WEC days, and uh, he's got thirty six fights or something, and Kron's got five. So uh, Swanson's been been in the game for fifteen years um, as a as a professional. So it's a, like I said, it's a huge step up in competition for for Kron, and um, you know, he's he's with a great team out there, you know, training with Nick and Nate. Uh, and you know one of the top grapplers in the world so uh you know but but if cub can keep it keep it standing i mean you know cubs cubs a black belt too though so i don't know it's, it's tough to say but but cron is a different level black belt than than cub i believe and uh, but but if cub can keep it on the feet uh it's you know he might have a shot there but man cron's dangerous and you know i wouldn't be surprised if his striking has come uh you know a, a long ways since we saw him last um, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but that actually may end up being the, the main event. Um, Joanna has come out this today, I guess, and said that she can't make 115. Um, so the UFC is kind of in a bind right now. Michelle Waterson doesn't want to do a catch weight, so that they've got a couple of options. You know, if, if Joanna comes in overweight, then she can forfeit 30% of her purse and, you know, give it to Waterson if, if Waterson still accepts the fight. Um, or they can they can bring somebody in. I think Paige Van Zant's throwing her name in the hat, saying that she would rematch uh, Michelle Waterson. But um, 
the the, the main event is is in jeopardy, they they could end up moving it to uh, a later card. Um, but you know, between these two, it's kind of a shame, man. I don't know what's going on with Yunjechik. I don't know if if she's got an injury that's keeping her from being able to cut weight right or or what. But I mean, she you know she's a three to one favorite in this fight, and you know all of a sudden, and she needs a win. You know, she's coming off of a loss um, to to Shevchenko, which is you know. Uh, Shifting goes an animal, and um, but for and JJ to to keep her name relevant, um, she needs to get back in there, and she needs to fight, and she needs to put on a dominant performance, and um, so this, this doesn't look good. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for some more information to come out, uh, um, but we may we may lose that main event. Main event may be Kron Gracie and Cub Swanson. Oh wow, yeah. I mean that is a shame, but I but I'm not like I don't re- like honestly I don't care that much. Like I will be like I was about to actually say before you said that I was like this to me is more of like a middle heavy card to me. Like I'm more interested in like the middle of the card than I am the top of the card. Uh, you know that's just me personally. Though. I'm sure there's you know people that, that were excited for that Joanna uh, and Waterson fight. Uh, hopefully it still happens. Uh, yeah, what's your I, uh, what's your can't I, miss fight, man? <laughs> It's funny that you say that because honestly, for me, it would have been Young Jacek and Watterson. Um, Young Jacek's just such a fucking animal, man. You know, when she, when she was, uh, you know, at one twenty five and the, the champion up there, um, you know, she just she was dominant. And um, I, I'd like to see her, you know, come back and and you know pick up some wins. But um, if you know, outside that, I think obviously I'd have to go with you know Eric Anders and and Mearshart being. Um, you know, Valor Vets and, you know, two guys that, that we know well and, uh, you know, have kept up with pretty well and um, kind of crazy that they're going to cross roads now. Well, we will recap all of it next week as well as uh, give a preview of, uh, of whatever UFC has for us, I guess, the week after. But mainly we'll be focusing on Valor 65 next week. It's Picks Panel uh next week and uh that's going to be uh, our main focus we'll make sure we we recap this tampa show as well and with that i guess it is time to jump into some interviews for this valor show in nashville next weekend let's jump on the line first with seth sergo all right our first guest this evening getting ready to make his professional debut next week at valor 65 in nashville tennessee we've got seth sergo on the line seth how's it going my man <laughs> It's going pretty good, man. Feeling Very good. good. May, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to join us. I know that we're right about a week out from you getting ready to weigh in. And uh, so for most guys, this is, uh, you know, what they would kind of uh, call their hell week of sorts. I'd say for guys that are also getting their pro license for the first time that it's uh, it's hell week in more ways than one. <laughs> Mostly just uh, the, you know, organization bit. Uh, hard work isn't really something that comes, you know, is that hard for me to do, honestly? So this, of course, is going to be your pro debut, but it's also your Valor debut. So it's the first time you've been with Valor Fights. Finding uh, your, your opponent, Zach Ort, is also going to be making his professional debut and also his Valor debut. So we've got two guys that uh, our, our crowds are not necessarily as familiar with competing out here on this Nashville card. So uh, let's kind of clue them in a little bit on your background. Uh, just give us a you know a brief overview of uh, you know your background, your training background, how you got into MMA, uh, just kind of a you know a, a synopsis of how we got to here mm-hmm. well i've been doing martial arts since i was five but i've been wrestling since i was 12 and uh i've kind of just you know fell in love with the sport and on top of you know wrestling mma played a huge part with me being into wrestling as well 
just watching guys on UFC and WEC just sparked me to keep going. And it just took off from there. I just fell in love with it and just decided to jump all the way in and, you know, don't look back. So, you know, talk a little bit about your amateur career. You know, this is, of course, your pro debut, but you've had some amateur fights. Uh, you know, how, how have those gone for you? You know, you've been getting finishes, uh, you know, have you gotten some routes some you know, good cage time in, in the amateurs and what was kind of the catalyst to make, you know, the, Hey, okay, now I'm ready to make that jump to the pro ranks. Uh, my athleticism started developing more within the realm of MMA. And obviously, you know, I just felt like it was the next step and I just want to challenge myself and not stay stagnant especially in my career or with myself. I always want to evolve and learn new things and try out new ways to, to really, you know, give myself an actual challenge. And now, of course, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, taking on Zach Ward, as we mentioned. Uh, you know, he's going to be coming down from Kentucky. He's out of Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, he's had uh, a good a good amount of amateur fights himself. He's not a guy that is, you know, coming in without uh, some experience and cage time himself. Also making his pro debut uh, like yourself. So, you know, that there's some differences now. You know, elbows to the head are allowed. And, uh, you know, you can uh, five-minute rounds. <laughs> you know, it's, there's a lot of difference. Now, you know, so both you guys are jumping into that kind of a, a, in the same way. Uh, talk a little bit about the matchup. Is it, you know, have you looked up your opponent? Do you know a lot about him? Or are you just kind of letting your coaches do that? He comes in with a, an eight and three amateur record. So, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's no uh, he's you know, he, it's not like he doesn't have experience. Looks like according to Tapology, he debuted in 2011. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen him. I've watched him. He's a tough guy and I respect his ability a lot. Um, elbows and knees are not something I really am that worried about. Uh, my amateur career started in Mississippi and we were just allowed to use elbows and knees and even 12 to six elbows the entire time. I've only had one fight where I wasn't allowed to use that and it ended very quickly. Oh, wow. so, so that's not really an issue for me. I'm not that worried about the change of rules or pro rules or whatever. So I'm well versed in that, but that's a tough guy. I'm going to look forward to competing with him and, you know, it's going to be a good night. Tell us some of the things that uh, that, that you think that uh, that you have, and you know, some some places that you have some advantages here in this matchup, and some places that you 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 need to respect him. Uh, I respect his jujitsu a lot. I respect his striking. Uh, there's one part that he will probably not be able to take, and that's definitely my wrestling and my athleticism. Uh, the game plan is to overwhelm and. Uh, just be as technical and as smart as possible. Don't try and don't assume anything. Don't take him for granted. Uh, just go in there and fight the best fight I could possibly fight. I know he's tough. I know he can take a shot and I know he can catch quick submissions and he can last the whole time. So we prepared for that. Exactly. Man, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome to hear. You know, it sounds like you've got a good game plan and plan to your strengths here. You know, if, if you follow you like on Instagram and social media, you'll see, you know, you've got a, a, an obvious work ethic. You know that you know you put in a lot of time uh, in in training and developing your your skills and you're in staying in shape. Talk a little bit about your training camp for this and uh, where you've been training and some of the guys that have been helping you get ready. Uh, I train at uh, for the first eight weeks of this training camp was at my work. I work at Training Camp Nashville. It's my job and actually also my passion. I love training. I love getting in there with new people and and showing them what to do and just training with, you know, new people that can actually like push me too. And that leads me to Albuquerque where I spent the last four weeks of my training camp, really sharpening my skills and putting everything in perspective, not just being a, a you know, a blob of athleticism and muscle, but more like a, a, an instrument of precision. 
and uh, and talk about some of the guys that have been helping you get ready. You know, I know there's a lot of guys in that national area that are all preparing for this same date, you know, so I, you know, <laughs> seen some of your pictures on uh, social media, you're training with some uh, other guys that are competing the same crazy day. It's Kyle, be, man. Yeah. Crazy Kyle, you know, we're going to talk to him Kyle. next week. Uh, you know, guy. it's gotta be nice to kind of have another guy going through the ringer with you, you know, going to be cutting the weight, mm-hmm. same time, kind of just dialing in. Oh yeah. No, he's been a huge help. He's been great every now and then he'll message me and just be like, Hey, you want to get a training session? And I'll be like, sure, man. <laughs> always love working with him he just he has that intensity and he's an athlete so it's it's one of those things where it's, it's nice to have somebody to do it with you yeah you're right well uh before i let you go man i i want to let you uh give some shout outs where they're due some sponsor love training partners friends family anybody that deserves some love i'll let you have it oh all right cool uh obviously training cap nashville um training cap nashville jackson winkle john and albuquerque uh doctors diet america my dad sean sergo my mom ruth sergo uh, my sister Erica, all my friends, all my training partners, everybody. There's so many. It's just, it would take so long for me to, to list them out, but uh, they know who they are and they know that I love them. And uh, before we let you go, man, one more thing. I'll let you cut a quick promo for us here. If you're on the fence about <laughs> attending this event uh, here next weekend uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, let, let the listeners know why this is an event uh, you don't want to miss. This event is massive, okay? There's going to be like 17, 18 different fighters. There's, there's so many fights. The venue's huge. There's no reason not to come out. It's going to be a great night. Once again, this has been featherweight rising prospect Seth Sergo. Getting to re- he's getting ready to make his pro debut next weekend at Valor 65 in Smashville. You can catch it live on Flow Combat if you can't be there live. But if you can be there live, there's nothing like being there and live and in person. It's something else. If you're going to be there and you're supporting Seth, go to fighterticks.com. Select Seth as your fighter so you can give him some support and uh, let him know that you're coming there to support him. Thanks so much uh, for the time, Seth. We're looking forward to seeing you in action next week. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, up next on the line, we've got one half of your main event for next weekend's Valor 65 going down in Nashville at the new Fairgrounds Arena. David Ruthless Robbins on the line. David, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great, man. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. We're excited. It's like I'm pretty, you know, I was really stoked for the Saudi card because and it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. But, that, you know, at the end of the day, like I've, I've had my eye on this Nashville card now for for a couple months and. Ooh, we it is it's loaded, man. And uh, you're at the top uh, of the card now. I think this will be your third main event in a row and uh, your biggest fight to date, man. You're going to be taking on C4 in C4's hometown. Charlie Alexander is going to be uh, for that Valor 155 strap. And uh, it'll be the first ever professional champion we've crowned. If we if the Dre uh, Miley and Cody Durden fight had gone down a couple of months ago, they would have been first. But now you guys will be first. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit since we talked to you. I don't think we've talked to you since your last win. So uh, let's get caught up a little bit before we get into this one. Uh, let's. Uh, you're coming off a win, of course. Uh, I guess it's been two. What's well, it been? Two months ago? Three months ago? Now let's uh, let's walk everybody back through that. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, I guess it's been about three months, August. Yeah, three months. Um, you know, I was, feels like I've been training forever to fight Charlie, man. I was knocking off so many opponents just back to back to back to back. I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. I've been getting kind of stir crazy here. Um, yeah, no I've been in the gym the whole time. Adam Denton. Yeah, I fought Adam Denton. He was a super tough opponent, man. Um, you know, honestly, his striking was a whole lot better than I had uh, anticipated. Um, he was very game, you know, very game on the feet. Uh, he was solid on the ground, too. I think he's purple belt in jiu-jitsu. 
Um, I got a nice toehold on him that, you know, I feel like I didn't get enough credit for like how smooth that shit was. Like yeah. I was in half guard, you know, went inverted. Uh, he hit me in the head. I knew I didn't like that. Uh, so I rolled out, found my way through and uh, I went straight ankle first and then off to the toehold. Um, great guy. Uh, Adam is, you know, and he fought Charlie too. I think Charlie choked him in the third, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But it was a third cool yeah he was uh all, all around great guy though when you know when we first finished we stood up and he shoved me and i thought oh what the hell's going on like are we gonna fight again but he was just like oh man i didn't even see that coming <laughs> <laughs> um, um but yeah no it, since then uh you know i've just been sticking to the plan um charlie told me not to lose on my post that i was fighting denton so i did what he asked i didn't lose uh, and now I'm ready to just get this uh, get this show on the road here. Heck yeah, man. Of course, uh, you'll be fighting in his hometown. Uh, you know, you've been fighting closer to home for your first five fights. So this will be you know, your first true, I guess, road fight where you're going into the other guy's backyard. Uh, that I, you know, that's something that you kind of feed on to a degree as well. Of course, uh, you know, playing the spoiler, uh, silencing the crowd at the end of the night, if you will. That said, you know, you don't travel lightly. You know, the AKB, AKB crew is still going to be loud and rowdy, I know. So, you know, by the time this main event hits, it's going to have a special feel, I think. You know, this is a fight that could that could be on any of the big stages. Uh, you know, two guys that are very, very solid prospects uh, on the radar nationally. Uh, you know, yourself coming in 5-0, and all five finishes. Uh, you know, and I, I know you're probably looking to keep that streak of finishes going as well here uh, against Charlie. That looks uh, good when you're trying to, you know, pitch yourself to the bigger shows. Yeah, um, Charlie, you know, he's a, he's a great opponent. I asked for him after my second fight. Um, I have a lot of respect for him as far as the fighter goes. You know, he's he's solid. I, I enjoy watching him fight. You know, we've uh, fought back to back as amateurs before. I don't know if he remembers, but I do. Um, I've watched him since then, uh, so I've had my eye on him for quite a while. Um, you know, going into his into his town, that's nothing. I I love all the people in Nashville mm-hmm. MMA, and they can feel whatever type of way they feel about it. I think everybody's cool with it, though. You know, I mean, it's just a fight. This is what we do. This is our job. And if they want to take it personal, you know, like his, his body takes it personal, but I don't care, man. It's a fight. Uh, um, we're going to get in there. We're going to, you know, knock each other in the head a little bit. I would like to get the finish. That's what's going to happen. It's the only outcome I see. And, um, you know, that's that. But, um, you know, four of those five finishes were first round. Uh, my most recent fight, I did go one minute into the second. Um, I'm not, you know, hoping or predicting anything i'm prepared to go three rounds prepared to go five rounds with him you know um but i this first round finish is nice five minutes is a long time for me to get to work and i feel like it's going to take a very special person to get past five minutes with me now you know talk a little bit about you know you know charlie is obviously a very very skilled opponent he comes in here with uh i think he's got more pro fights than you and uh as an amateur you know fought a who's who of guys around here, you know, he's been fighting for a long time. He fought Scott Holtzman uh, way back in the day. So, you know, Charlie is a very skilled guy. He's well-rounded. You know, he's got good uh, crisp boxing. He's got, uh, you know, solid wrestling, solid grappling. Uh, what are some of the places that you think that you're going to be better than him and some of the places that you need to, you know, uh, give him a little more respect? Uh, I think I'm better than him everywhere. Um, you know, I'm not even trying to be cocky when I say that. Um, he does very sharp stand-up. Um, he, he's very fluid with his striking. He, he flows between the stances very smoothly. 
very crisp. His boxing is good. He feints a lot. You know, he's got a lot of nice uh, strikes off the feint. He's got really quick little uh, calf kicks that sets up a nice high kick. Um, I would say maybe if I gave him some of his wrestling's better than mine, but my jiu-jitsu is better than his, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, Char- Charlie, the reason I've called him out, the reason I wanted to fight him is because he is so, he's so good. You know, when I fight somebody that's skilled, that allows me to show off more tricks and uh, it allows me to fight at a higher level. You know what I mean? When I fight guys that are like shitty, I've got to just keep it basic, keep my hands tight and just fire down the center. I can show some really creative setups and I can show a lot of good things um, when I get to fight a more advanced fighter. So that's what I want. You know, I want to be able, I want to show people what I'm really capable of. And I feel like he's the, the opponent that can uh, bring it out of me. So, Of course, my co-host Justin Watson has seen uh, probably all of your profiles if he hasn't been judging him. He'll be sitting out this show and uh, watching from home on flow. So he's participating here this evening. Usually we hold him out. Uh, Justin, what you got for David? What's up, David? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you, man? Pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to uh, take a break during all your uh, first five pro fights. You know, obviously you didn't need me in there. Uh, you took care of it. So, uh, you know, you did, you, did you get your black belt right before or right after the Adam didn't fight? I got my black belt in May. May, uh, so May a few months earlier. So that would have been right before. Yeah, it would have been right after a week after I bought the baseball stadium. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right yeah. Yeah, I was super impressed with that with that toe hold, man. That was like you said, just just super slick, super nasty. Um, you know, one of the things that that Charlie seems to be susceptible to is the submission. Um, you know, obviously you're you're the much better grappler. Um, you know, a, a submission artist for sure. Um, you know, and and your striking is is top notch. Um, what do you think? You know, how do you feel about already being on the radar? You know, just just Barely a year into your pro career, you're already on the radar to, to the big shows. Um, you know, what do you, do you have any any you know uh, aspirations for what's next uh, if you get past Charlie? I'd like to go straight to the UFC. You know, um, I think that's what everybody wants to do. It makes me feel really good um, knowing that I'm on that level already. But um, the one thing that held me back from fighting professionally was I knew that. Um, it was going to be time to take it seriously. You know, that meant buckle down, um, training all the time, um, and being ready to go all the time. And, you know, I enjoyed coaching, you know, I already own the gym, so I make money doing that. And it was kind of one of those things like, um, you know, like I'm okay coaching, you know, it's, I could live off this, but I also thought, you know, I'm young and I would kick myself in the ass if I didn't give it a good run. Um, you know, so I kind of, I took a fight with Caleb Frank. It was a tie fight. He was undefeated at the time. He was two weight classes bigger than me. And I took it on a nine day notice. Then I was just coming off the couch. I was just fat, you know, but I took that. I knocked, I knocked him out in the second. I got the knockout of the night and in something in my head clicked, you know, and I, I realized like, you know, Hey, you know, if I can beat this guy that nobody else will fight, he's undefeated amateur. Um, coming off the couch doing nothing, I'm wasting my skills just, you know, sitting here. I had already coached Joseph to a world championship, you know, um, Billy to the national championships, fight through Bellator. And, you know, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to commit. And um, I think that was the best decision I've ever made. I know this is going to be the toughest fight that I've had so far, but I've had 13 weeks to prepare for this, and I'm more than ready.
Yeah, that was my next thing. You know, you made your your amateur debut, I, I think, in 2012. So, uh, you know, you've been fighting for seven years, and and you know, you coach some of the top guys in the region. You know, like you say, Joe Long and and Billy Swanson, um, and and a, a handful of other guys. Uh, yeah, Devin you know, Garden so. needs a shout out because he looked really <laughs> he looked really crisp on that Saudi show. Yeah, man, Devin Devin Garden is is a future star, hands down. Um, that second fight for that kid, and he he felt right at home. You know, he was he was in there just as comfortable as he could be. Um, that kid's nasty. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing where he goes. Um, do you have any thoughts on on the current state of of the you know the bigger promotions, the UFC, the Bellators, the the One Championships? Do you think the UFC is is the only option for you, or or do you think you know that you would you would be all right going to to one of these other promotions? You know, one is getting ready to come to America. Um, you know, in, in Asia they're killing it. In Asia they've got they you know they're getting way more views than than the UFC gets. Um, you know, with guys like Demetrius Johnson, uh, you know Eddie Alvarez, um, you know a few others. You know, what are your thoughts on on that? Would you be interested in in and taking something with them, or is it UFC or bust? Hey, money talks, you know. Uh, I'm a business owner, so, you know, it, it all depends on the offers they want to drop me. You know, I, I asked to fight their baby fights a couple times. They wouldn't make that one happen for me. No way. I was cool with it, you know. Uh, the guy wouldn't take it. So, no. Give me a money fight. Shit, that's all. I want to make some money, dude. I saw somebody was commenting about being the best fighter in the world or – uh, or being the best fighter in the world the other day on Facebook, and I, I come in, and I just have to tell them, like, dude, I don't care about being a best. I want to be the most paid fighter. You know, yeah. being the best is, is only for that, that day, that night, you know? And people forget about you when you lose. Give me some damn money and watch watch what I do with it. <laughs> yep, you know? that's the ultimate goal. You know? And I think that with with promotions like, like one, um, you know, you go over there and, and win a few fights, and then if you want to go to the UFC, you're – uh, you know, your asking price goes way up um, because you, you know you'd be you'd be a star over there for sure. Uh, they, you know, they're all about the respectful martial artist, and and that's that's your whole thing. You know, you're you're one of the most respectful guys out there, and uh, you carry yourself with um, you know with utmost class and and fight like a motherfucker. So uh, you know, I, th- <laughs> I, I think they that, would love so. you, and and you would uh you know I think you. you you definitely make some waves over there and and bring home some money, uh, for sure. But you know, I I want to see you fight the best in the world, and you know, I, I think that you you could stand right up there with them. Um, you know, I, I won't make this show, so uh, you know, there's some great fights on the card, but one that I won't miss is is uh, Charlie Alexander and David Robbins. Thank you, thank you. And uh, who is that guy's name? Didn't Sage Northcutt just fight and get his ass knocked out? I mean, one was that? Yeah. Yeah, he got knocked yeah, out pretty bad. Him next too, you know. Shit. Hey, anybody? That'd be, uh, but I like to be a nasty fight. He's got, good, he's got a good selling potential, you know. For you know, years down the road, I'm thinking long term, um, coaching and stuff. UFC vet, one vet, Bellator vet. I'm, I'll fight for all of them. Hell, you know, <laughs> Eddie's over there too. That's a you know the underground king. Why not go knock out the underground king? And uh, you know, I mean, Sage is kind of a big name, but you know, nobody really holds him with, with too much respect as far as the fighting game goes. He hasn't he hasn't really proven himself. But um, you know, I think I think you walk over there and and you finish Eddie Alvarez, and you know everybody knows who you are after that. 
chip. Put, put him in front of me then, too. I don't care. Write me a good check and give me a good name. I'm ready for anything, dude. Hell yeah, I'm man. Good luck. Tomorrow, you know? Thank, thank you, man. So, uh, uh, last topic we'll touch on, man. You know, I think since the last time we spoke with you, you've uh, signed with First Round Management, you know? So, uh, that is uh, one of the big boy management companies. They, they've got just a huge stable of, uh, of, of, of top, you know, world-class fighters that are, uh, you know, in the UFC and all the big leagues. Uh, your opponent just signed with Ruby, which is a, another top management organization. That should tell the listeners out there that both you guys are legitimate top prospects. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the decision to sign with First Round Management and, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, that your hopes and kind of thought process and, you know, how that can uh, help you. You know, I've had a lot of um, I've had a lot of agencies, you know, reach out to me from the time I made my debut, and they they all wanted to find, uh, sign me. But you know, at the time, I didn't feel like it, it was something I needed to jump on. Like, you know, I kind of knew the direction I wanted to go with my career, so I wasn't interested in paying somebody, you know, a portion of my uh, check to do something that I was already going to do. Um, Matt Weibel reached out to me. Uh, you know. He's got he's first round management and they have, uh, like you said, a stable of, you know, top notch guys. They've got John Jones. They've got Demetrius Johnson. They've got, you know, Luis Pena, who is the last guy to actually hold this title. If I'm. Yes, you know, if I remember right. correctly. Is that right? It is. Cool. So, you know, um, they have a whole bunch of good guys. They know the they have the connections uh, that I need, you know, to, to move on up in my career. Um, I, I read through the contract. Everything looked great. It looked like a great deal, great offer. Um, you know, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect and gratitude for Matt uh, reaching out to me. And I'm excited to uh, get out there, you know, kick some ass and, and really put on a great show and show them why this was a great choice for them to sign me. You know, I'm uh, one, of your, one of your, one like of your stable mates, one of, one of your stable mates on this card, Ronnie Lawrence in the co-main event. Yeah, dude, Ronnie's a freaking beast, bro, and he's from National MMA too. So I, I mean, he'll be pulling for Charlie, but I like I like watching him. He's good, you know. I think Logan Woods. He's not on the on the show. His opponent pulled, right? Right. Yeah, he just fell off about three days ago. That was another one, though, man. I'm a I I like Logan Woods a lot too. That, that guy, I was excited to fight on the same card as him. Hate that, but um, I'll definitely be rewatching the show after it's all said and done. Uh, I'll be warming up when Ronnie's fighting, but. Um, that's, that's, a, that's going to be a good, that's going to be a good one. I'm excited for him. So. Well, before we, uh, before we wrap this up, man, I'm going to let you, uh, have an opportunity to give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any love you want to want to give to, uh, you know, training partners, sponsors, friends, family, the like have at it. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody, obviously at AKB, everybody that supports me. Um, everybody in my gym is awesome. You know, from the most, you know, Beginner students all the way up to the advanced guys that helped me out, you know, Billy, Joseph, Devin, uh, Joe Hawford, you know, et cetera. All those guys, Israel Gomez. Um, thank everybody for, you know, supporting me, helping me train, helping me get ready. Um, I want to thank my family. Uh, thank my sponsors. We've got Oldham Strong, Glossé Cryotherapy. They keep me fresh. Um, Regenerative Complete, Willie Spurgeon, Spurgeon Signs, BW Sign Masters as well. Uh, I'm forgetting. I don't, I don't remember. I'll check. First round management. Um, you know, thank everybody. Thank everybody that supports me. Everybody that either likes me, doesn't like me. You helped me get to where I'm at. You've motivated me. So thank you for the push. Um, 
you know, if you want to check me out on social media, look up David Robbins. I'm on Instagram, David Robbins MMA. And I've got a Twitter. I ain't been on it much. I tried to fight AJ Agazon, but he wouldn't fight <laughs> me either. So. But you can look me up on there at Ruthless Robbins. So, um, you know, and Tim, thank you for all you've done for me over the years. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. Last thing before we let you go, man, if you're a, if you're a fan on sitting on the fence on whether or not you're going to check this thing out next weekend, uh, why is this an event that you can't miss? Because I'm too fucking smooth, man. <laughs> yeah, so much. I've been busting my ass all year round. You know, Charlie's a fantastic opponent. Uh, we are going to put on a show that Tennessee has never seen before. You know, there's some great fights in Valor. Um, Definitely come check this out. And if you don't, if you don't want to say it's fine, there's a whole bunch of other fights on this card that are going to be worth watching. So uh, come on out. Those are great shows. Uh, going to be a great night. You know. Once again, this has been one half of the main event for next weekend's Valor Fighting Challenge 65. It all goes down in Nashville, Tennessee. David Ruthless Robbins, one of the top prospects in the nation getting ready to take on C4 Charlie Alexander in Charlie's backyard for the 155 Valor strap. Don't miss it. If you if you can catch it live, that's the way to go. Uh, and uh, make sure you uh, select David Robbins as your fighter at fighterticks.com if you're coming to support David. Otherwise, make sure you catch it live on Flow Combat. David, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck next week. We'll see you here in about, uh, about nine days. Hey, thank you, man. Come watch me detonate some C4 in Nashville, October 19th. All right, our final guest for the evening, getting ready to return to the cage next week at Valor 65, Nashville, Tennessee. It's Tyler Nyquil Edwards on the line. Tyler, how's it going? Man, it's going good. How y'all doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're excited for next week, of course. We're returning to Nashville after a pretty good hiatus. Uh, you know, uh, we're excited to have you on the card. You're going to be taking on David Lewis. And, uh, you know, it's a, clo- it's a fight that's closer to home for you. You being in Lebanon, it's is, uh, not, you're not having to go on the road for this one. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the excitement of getting ready to fight at home. Uh, I mean, I look at it. I mean, there's, say, a home fight. There's not really a home field advantage in a fight in a sense for me. Uh, I mean, a fight to fight. You know, you got to go out there. Some people think there's added pressure. Um, but honestly, I like it. It's not too bad. I mean, it's still about an hour drive for me. I come from Hartsville, Tennessee. It's the smallest uh, county in Tennessee from Chasdale. Um, but uh, I like it. It's not bad. I like I get to finally put my hands on this kid. Um, we were supposed to fight as amateurs as uh, Valor Fights and those. You guys were the ones that was hosting the fight. And, uh, I guess the day of the fight, the guy just decided he couldn't have his blood work that day. But finally, we get a throw down in the cage, and I don't mind it being in Nashville. I think that's an awesome time to do it, especially in that new building. Well, yeah, man. As you mentioned, uh, you guys were supposed to fight. I guess it's been about three years ago now, give or take. Uh, I know it was supposed to be on uh, the Gatlin, one of the Gatlinburg shows. And, uh, you know, you got there, you made the wait. David was supposed to come in the day of the show. And then uh, there was uh, the uh, apparently he didn't have his blood work. And that fight fell apart. We ended up being able to scramble together and get you a last-minute opponent that you got a, a good uh, mm-hmm. a win over, submission, what I can recall, maybe a triangle yeah. or some such. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah man, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fight that was supposed to happen then. You know, uh, we're finally able to kind of corral it in and make it happen 
for next week. I'm confident it's going to happen. He's, he's gotten it, you know, once you turn pro, uh, everything has to be submitted to the state in advance. And so that's always a good indicator yeah. you know, when guys start getting their stuff into the state and things like that. Uh, that said, not to, not to bash on David too much because uh, this is a really good fight. Oh, no. This is one of these, uh, this is kind of your uh, stereotypical uh, striker versus grappler fights in that, you know, you're known for having one punch knockout power. Of course, you're, you're a knockout of the year winner for Valor a couple years back with a, a big knockout in Cookville over uh, Chase Winder. And so, you know, you're known to have that dynamite in your hands. And of course, that's, you know, you've got the nickname NyQuil because you put guys to sleep. That said, you're not that's a slouch that. when it comes to grappling. You've got submission wins as well. That, uh, you know, vice versa, David known more as a grappler. You know, he's got some good submission wins. He's got an amateur submission win over Jonathan Pierce, who's in the UFC now, you know, oh, so. Yeah. He is he's capable of snatching up those submissions. But then at the same time, uh, you know, has done some kickboxing and stuff in the past that not necessarily his strength. So, uh, you know, what's your take on the actual, you know, the outside of what's happened in the past? What's your take on the actual match? I think this fight's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be fireworks. Uh, I'm looking forward to fighting the kid. I mean, he wasn't two division champ, I do believe, um, as an amateur. So. Yes. Um, the kid's got talent, that's for sure. I mean, he's been able to, like you said, pull off some slick submissions. He's he's savvy off his back. So, I mean, that's the one thing that does make the fight intriguing. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like he, he might try to stand and bang with me. If he does, it, it, that's cool. I don't, I, and I don't mind if it goes to the ground. I'm, I, I'm fine on the ground. I feel um, either way it goes. Uh, I think it's going to be a competitive fight. I feel like, uh, but everywhere we go, I feel like uh, I'm going to just kind of checkmate him. Of course, you know, you're no stranger to big fights yourself. You've been in lots of title fights and, you know, uh, you know, had the spotlight on you plenty of times. Uh, this is a big show in Nashville. Like we mentioned, it's uh, at the brand new Fairgrounds Arena. It's a beautiful uh, new new uh, facility there. And I'm excited to turn it into the Thunderdome for a night. will be the first MMA event to happen in the new venue. Yeah. So I'm really stoked for that. Uh, you know, uh, talk a little bit about the the overall event, you know, is that why, why if you're on the fence about attending this event, you know, why it's a show that uh, you definitely want to make sure you catch. I'll tell you what, the one thing I like about this card is, I mean, from the, I mean, from the amateurs to the last pro fight, I mean, it's going to be lights. I mean, lights, fireworks, everything. I mean, uh, I got a, t- a teammate, he's making his amateur debut, and let me tell you what, that kid is going to, I mean, make a statement, and I can't wait to watch him put his show on, and uh, Cody Tugnet, uh, Tungit, uh, I'm not really good with his last name, but it's Tongue, and then it on the back, yeah, right. Tungit. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I feel like he's going to, I mean, put a statement on for his first uh, amateur fight, and then, uh, I mean, I don't know a couple of the guys uh, on the card technically, I mean, I know uh some of the gyms and I mean say like Wildside they got a couple guys in the card I think um obviously Nashville MMA they they've got good guys that they're kind of affiliated with us um so I mean they got guys that are going to come and fight I mean if you're wanting to just check out your first amateur fight this is one of the fight cards that you don't want to miss you got guys like David Robbins you got Charlie Alexander on it um you got the Ronnie Lawrence I mean these guys are going to come and put on a damn show that you don't want to miss you don't want to blink in honestly any of these fights and I mean, hey, to top it off, hey, I might not be the main event, but I'm gonna be the people's main event come uh, when my hand gets raised. Hey, I love it, man. I love the attitude. I love the promo skills right there. Uh, before hey, we I'm before trying. we let you go, I'm gonna let you give some love, some shout outs where it's due. Uh, anybody want to give some training partner love to sponsors, <clears throat> friends, family? You know the you know the drill. Uh yeah, no. Uh, I mean, shout out to all my teammates. Obviously, kind of got me ready for this fight. Uh, some of the coaches that I've worked with, uh, I've worked with uh, Mike Merriman once, twice, um, talked to him several times. It's uh, nice to just kind of get that ear, 
I mean, the earful for somebody, somebody like that that trained some of the best in the game, in my opinion. And uh, they, uh, my coach Shane Wigan down in uh, Tullahoma, Tullahoma Thai Boxing, um, he's uh, been a part of my camp uh, here. In, I mean, not so much, but, I mean, uh, just uh, he checks in on me and stuff like that, so I appreciate all that. Uh, my boss at Superior Interior coaches in Lebanon, uh, very uh, valuable place to work. They uh, allow me to go get my blood work and stuff, let me get off work, st- do stuff like that, so I appreciate that. Uh, All-access coach in Galveston, Tennessee. Um, Shout-out to them for being a sponsor. Um, anybody that wants to be a sponsor, jump on quick because once uh, this train gets rolling, it's going to be nice. I can't wait to get it going. And uh, where can our listeners find you on social media so they can keep up with your uh, goings-on and your career and uh, what's coming up? Yes, sir. Uh, on uh, Instagram, it's NyquilGuardian. No, uh, Nyquil underscore Guardian MMA. Um, that's on Instagram. On uh, Snapchat, Snapchat, not Snapchat, um, Snapchat, it's uh, Nyquil145. Uh say Facebook, it's probably Michael Edwards. And then I do have an MMA page, it's Michael MMA. Uh, I'm not too on it that much, but I mean, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll post some stuff here and there. But uh, those are my social media uh, tags. Um, so if you don't mind, give me a like, give me a follow or whatever it is. And uh, come October 19th, tune in and you're going to see something. Once again, this has been one of the top rising Bantamweight prospects. Tyler Nyquil Edwards getting ready to return to the Valor Cage next Saturday night in Smashville. He's going to be taking on David Lewis. You can catch it all live on flowcombat.com, but it's uh, it's no comparison to seeing it in person. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets if you can make it live at fighterticks.com. Select Tyler Edwards as your fighter. Give him a little bit of love. Give him some support. And, uh, man, Tyler, we appreciate the time. We'll uh, see you here in about a week. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Can't wait. Thanks so much once again to all of our guests. That's going to wrap up our show today. And uh, once again, I want to thank Justin Watson for sitting in with me as always. Uh, and our, our guests, Seth Sergo, David Robbins, Tyler Edwards. You can catch all three of these guys of Hour 65 next weekend, the Nashville Sports Fairground. I'm sorry, at the Fairgrounds Nashville Sports Arena. It's the new venue. It's it's uh, beautiful. And uh, make sure you check it out on Flow Combat if you can't be there live. Uh, next week with Picks Panel. So uh, it'll be an epic episode, I'm sure, with this card. We'll uh, be starting anew with our final quarter of the year uh, Picks Panel. We'll be joined by those guys, and we'll break down the whole card, have a couple more interviews, I'm sure, as well. For my co-host, Justin Watson, I'm Tim Loy signing off for another edition of the Valor Hour. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.